Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast, headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart. For the second year in a row, lawmakers are back in Santa Fe with another special session immediately after they just ended a regular session. Last year, it was for recreational cannabis, which just went on sale in retail stores last Friday. This time, it's all about money. And that money is wrapped up in two very different separate issues. The first, millions of dollars tied to government projects. That was in a bill which the governor vetoed. Lawmakers are in consideration as well for hundreds of thousands of dollars of direct cash payouts to taxpayers in New Mexico to help for costs amid inflation and also, of course, supercharged gas prices. This week on the podcast, we're diving into this latest special session, which is expected to start this morning at the Roundhouse in Santa Fe. Why is it happening? What's this so-called junior bill the governor vetoed? And how much money could you get from a gas rebate check? When might that happen? We talked to two prominent state lawmakers about it, one from each side of the aisle. He's been a state lawmaker since 2009 and now serves as the chair of the powerful Senate Finance Committee, which does a lot of work around New Mexico's budget. Representing Gallup and areas in western New Mexico, Democratic Senator George Munoz is here to talk with us about the special session. Senator Munoz, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. There are two things ahead on this special session. Let's start with what I feel is maybe the most politically charged, you could say, um, going into this, that being so-called junior Bill. The governor vetoed legislation known as the junior spending bill. Members of the governor's own party are expressing their disappointment today with some of her vetoes. For some background, this junior bill, it carries millions of dollars in funding across dozens of projects spread across Democrat and Republican districts all over the state. Senate Bill 48 was passed unanimously by both the House and the Senate. It would have dispersed more than $50 million among lawmakers for a variety of projects in their districts. Usually these types of bills happen when the state is flush with tax revenue, big budget years where there's a lot of extra cash. And so junior budget bills, these kind of supplementary bills are nothing new, but surprisingly the new thing being this year, the governor vetoed it. And I wanted to ask you as a Democrat, you know, lawmaker from the same party as the governor, I know that some Democratic lawmakers have suggested that this perhaps was not a fight that the governor needed to tread into or that they expected. What what are your thoughts? And the process in New Mexico budgeting process needs to change. Uh, before I was chair in finance, these appropriations would be done by certain members of finance and they would get a higher priority for their projects. So what we brought is, is more clarity to the process and more openness uh, to the process. We've heard the governor said she doesn't like the junior bill, but that's what she said last year. And we as legislators think priorities that we have and giving every legislator a chance to prioritize things in their district with state funds and operational funds for for departments or agencies is really crucial in how you change New Mexico. What I get from you is you're suggesting that this bill seemingly was very transparent in the elements and items that were in there. And I do know that in some of the governor's public comments, she suggested that there was a transparency issue. I know she suggested in part that it was hard to tell if some of these were meant to be recurring or one-time expenditures. I don't know what the what the background is for any of those appropriations. I don't know what the intent is. 
uh, whether it really is recurring or not recurring, if it's one, it's very hard to really have a sense about that because I, I don't know. She said, you know, there's, there's other processes like capital outlay, the regular budget, incoming federal funds. I suppose the question to you is, and it sounds like you felt like this was transparent. I, it was more than transparent. Uh, I mean, legislators had a pot of reoccurring money and non-reoccurring money. And the guidelines for us in the Senate were, your reoccurring money has to go through an agency and it has to can't create a new program and you can build on any program that exists and those reoccurring dollars go through that agency. Your one-time money could go to local governments. Mine went to police vehicles for the city and the sheriff, uh, which were a great need. Uh, and so it, there was a divide on reoccurring and non-reoccurring. And the most interesting thing is DFA can still come back, Department of Finance Administration can still come back and score any appropriation as reoccurring and non-reoccurring. Even though the legislative body says this is a reoccurring uh, appropriation, a state agency can come back and change that on the appropriating body. But when you have a, a bill come off the House and the Senate floor with no negative votes, and usually one party or another has disseminating votes on everything. If you look at the budget bills, they'll be disseminating votes on House Bill 2. When you have that non-disseminating vote, that tells me that they really targeted what those projects were and where they wanted them to go and the needs in their community. My money uh, in the junior bill or the supplemental appropriations bill was for domestic violence and police vehicles and brain trauma. Uh, those are needs that I heard throughout the state. Uh, domestic violence in, in my district is is key. Um, but the brain trauma issue was for athletics in, in, in another part of the state that uh, athletic trainer was really concerned about where a student athlete tried to commit suicide or committed suicide. You can go to the junior bill list and you can look at, at money for seniors, veterans, a wide variety, police vehicles, everything in the junior bill. So were you then surprised by the governor's veto? I was surprised by the governor's veto. I, I think they're they're maybe other political ramifications that, that, that the governor had for vetoing that. And, and, but I was surprised. Um, it was a really harsh for legislators to, to work hard on projects and to meet with constituents and try to solve needs in the state when we have a lot of money. We know the response from lawmakers was vocal on both sides after that happened. There was even talk from some Democrats about legislative leaders in the governor's own party leading the charge to potentially call for an extraordinary session to override the governor's veto. Is that why we're here where a special session is being called? Yeah, I mean, I think we had the votes to go to an extraordinary. Uh, we've come to an agreement and the governor said she flagged some issues that she thought were we're in there. And, and so we said, fine, we'll, we'll take a look at them. We'll come to an agreement. We'll go to a special. So I think we've taken care of some of those issues. But, you know, a governor and executive always gets nervous when the legislature says, uh, you know, we're going to go into an extraordinary because then we control uh, what happens during the session. And then it could be uh, very entertaining and very <laughs> instructional to the executive about the legislative body. Yeah, that's a whole different power dynamic that happens in one of those. Um, you mentioned some of the issues that were there with the junior bill. Can you elaborate a little bit more? What was the concern there and how was it addressed? Well, her, her veto strikes said, said it, it, it didn't have any um, clarity of the bill, who was appropriating the money or, or where it was going. The new junior bill that's coming to come out is going to be disclosed 
Um, but the executive should have to disclose too where her her priorities are going. Right? We did a forty million dollar film school that that the higher ed department says that we shouldn't do, and where's the clarity in that one? Uh, and so disclosure should be quite a bit, even on all branches of government. Uh, all three branches of government should disclose where they're dealing. But the main concern in, in New Mexico is the budgeting process is is very hard. Uh, and as we build the budget in LFC, that's a nine month process. You don't just show up in a 60 day session and have a six billion, seven billion, eight billion dollar budget built. And you move along and and you get to the session and the governor's got to have her by statutory law, her budget out. And, and that's the process where people say, oh, well, we don't know what you're doing. So I, I think it's very hard for people to understand that, that no matter what, government has to spend money and it should spend it appropriately. In the end, this new junior bill, it sounds like you expect that this redo is going to sail through in the special session. I think the votes will be the same. Not for sure, but I think the votes on the junior bill will be exactly the same. I think that we worked hard to fix key issues that the exec said were, were there. And so I don't see the vote changing any. I think it'll sail right back through and, and we'll see what happens. Let's turn to the other element of this upcoming session. These tax rebates for New Mexicans hit with high gas prices. What's the concept here? This is an effort to send direct cash payments back to New Mexicans, right? Yeah, I mean, we know when, when inflationary pressures are here and, and maybe it shouldn't be called tax relief because when you look at the price of the pump, uh, I will say today in Gallup, I seen gas at three ninety nine in Gallup. Yesterday I was in Grants, I I saw gas at four ninety nine. So, so I don't know what's causing that difference in the fluctuation in sixty miles in the gas price, but it's very different. But maybe this is a household relief uh, for people. You know, you used to get sixteen ounces of cereal in a box. Now you're getting fourteen, or you're getting half. They're not changing their price. They're redu- reducing the amount of product that that's in the box. Uh, you, you'll see it at a higher price in eggs. We've all heard about the chicken scare, higher price in gasoline. And, and not all seniors have a vehicle. They're unrestricted. They, they may not own a vehicle. There may be people that use public transportation, but they're in the same boat as everyone else. These inflationary pressures across the U.S. of the cost of goods because of the high demand are driving up costs. And so... Um, household relief, it, it'd be a better term. Uh, I think we moved off the the, the gas relief and uh, uh, household relief across the board. So it sounds like there are a few ideas on the table here. I, I know one of them in, includes a proposal you may have yourself, the idea of a payment for individuals around maybe $300, $350, maybe $600 to $700 for people who file jointly. Because we know that the special session begins today and that's where things will get hashed out. But maybe what can you tell us generally about how these proposals would work? It sounds, yeah, in that range there, 300 to $400 or 600 to 700 for joint filers. But about how much and how would those payments be divvied up? Well, and you have to go back to the regular session because in the regular session, we, we already did a, a relief for under 75 and, and 150 filing combined jointly, right? Those checks are gonna come out in July. Well, we saw this great spike in gas costs and, and because of the war and what's happening uh, in Europe. And, 
And so that, that becomes an issue in, in how do we help our people here uh, survive? I think as we move along today during the session and, and go forward, you'll see that bill introduced. Um, there may be some content, discontent or, or a higher number, but New Mexico's reserves are at 30%. Uh, so 1% is a, about $80 million. Uh, so we're, we're sitting on about $1.8 billion in our reserves. But the more money we spend, the higher reserves we have to have. Uh, the money that you're seeing coming in from oil and gas revenues right now are, are mainly diverted to the Childhood Trust Fund. So that Childhood Trust Fund may grow by $1.5 billion just in this year alone. And so the operating money that, that we think we're going to have is not really going to hit. So what you have to do is you take an estimate of what you think your increases are total going to be in, in general fund money. And then you book that, that refund or that rebate uh, back to members. So, I mean, we could go anywhere from, I, I feel comfortable and to make it meaningful to people around the $700 range, uh, filing jointly, uh, a single parent, a uh, single person, single parent with a kid, you know, 350 makes a difference in their life. I mean, um, it makes a difference whether the kid's birthday is coming up. Cause I heard someone mention this to me. Hey, uh, I'm going to have my kid's birthday party. Uh, uh, I can buy another cake or I can buy a better gift or I can buy him the tennis shoes that he always wanted. And shoes aren't cheap anymore, especially uh, with what they want, but it, it makes a difference. And, and they go to work every day. They're tax paying citizens in New Mexico. It's their money. We, we should be quantifying something that matters to them in their life. We've talked a lot about sort of the, the economic issues that our state has faced, not only through the pandemic, but now, like you mentioned, the war in Ukraine, inflation. Um, we know gas can cost a lot, especially living in a rural state like New Mexico, where we drive on average just more than the rest of the country. Your constituents specifically are in a very rural part of New Mexico. Is $300 for a family enough? If you include the other 250 right? they're getting to the $600 range. So if we gave every person a rebate, six, $700,350, that's about $550 million cost to the state. That's a large refund, half billion dollars in a small state of population of 2 million. You know, everybody has a different lifestyle. Uh, my employees have employees that drive 60 miles round trip to go to work. You won't see that in an urban area. You guys in Albuquerque may drive eight miles round trip or 10 miles, or they commute from Las Lunas, you know, 30 miles round trip. So our cost to get to work is higher than, than in other areas in rural New Mexico. Um, the cost to do business, I mean, uh, is higher. Farm products, uh, grain and corn, just to fuel, uh, to plant seeds and to, to spray are, is gonna be a lot higher. And so those commodity products in, in the fall are gonna really be exorbitantly costly. And so we hope it's enough, uh, but you know, if something changes in the economy uh, and the economy tanks, uh, we in New Mexico, I think have the ability to come back and, and to trigger some more refunds or some more targeted rebates into to where they need to go. Lastly, I just wanted to ask you, because this, you know, this is all happening during a special session and, and we're talking about and, and fleshing out these rebate checks, what do you say to people who might think this is just an election year ploy? I don't think it's an election year ploy for me. Uh, first of all, we're not running, 
But if you look at the supply chain issues and you look at the, the cost, uh, if you look at what's happening in the supply chain. So during this time, during the pandemic, there was so much money out there. People ordered more and continue to order more because of the amount of money in the economy. The feds are trying to trigger interest rates to slow down the economy. And so what's happening, we're seeing in the supply chain issue is, you know, I'm buying more from Amazon and I may or may not even need it, right? Or I painted my house and now I'm doing other stuff. And so when that contraction comes and we see that supply chain issue, that's going to go away because we're spending more than, than, than what we have and we're wanting more. And, but when we say, okay, well, I can't afford to do that anymore. I can't afford to, I don't want another quilt in this other bedroom because I just don't really need it, but I wanted one. So I got one. When we see that change, then you're going to see that supply chain issue just totally tank. And in that driver and that economy of those ships sitting off the coast are going to say, okay, well, product is not going to be here. And so now we got all this inventory stocked up. What are we going to do with it? Anything else we're missing that you think is important to note? I think that's the most important thing that, that we can drive is we're trying to help and, and we're watching and we think this is the best thing we can do right now. Republican lawmaker and a key piece of his party's leadership in the New Mexico House, Representative Jim Townsend is here with us this morning, representing Southeast New Mexico and areas around Carlsbad and Artesia. He's been the House Minority Leader in that role since 2019, after first being elected in 2015 and then getting started on the work in 2016. Representative and leader, thank you for joining us here. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and thanks for helping inform New Mexicans of events. We appreciate it. Yeah. So we know this special session is focused on the junior bill and the gas rebate. But first, I wanted to ask you, are you surprised that the governor called this special session? And what do you think is driving it? Well, first, I was surprised that she vetoed the much needed and much supported capital outlay. You you mean the junior bill, correct? That is correct. And then after there was so much bipartisan uh, consternation with the fact that she vetoed that, and then many members from both sides of the aisle came together and started trying to form an extraordinary session for the sole purpose of overriding the veto, it did not surprise me that she quickly changed tunes and started trying to make it a special session because it would have been pretty embarrassing for a first term governor to have a veto override, um, you know, by two thirds of both houses. And many of those items in that bill essentially, right, are effectively kind of like capital outlay expenditures in some sense, right? They're not recurring. They're, they're kind of meant to be these one-time sort of payment things, right? Well, the junior bill can be recurring or one-time and many items are both. So, Uh, you will see both of those within the HB2 junior um, money, as we call it, in the Capitol. It seems like these bills are more common in times when the state is flush with tax revenue. And to ask you, I mean, it it sounds like you were 
a little confounded by the governor's veto, but what did you think of it? And and I asked that saying, you know, we heard from prominent Democrats suggesting that this was unexpected calls, as you mentioned, for the possible extraordinary session. Mm-hmm. Some saying this was a fight that didn't need to be picked. You know, you are also on the other side of the aisle from, from the governor's Democratic Party, you being a Republican. But what do you think of this? Because it did sound like this junior bill felt like a bipartisan sort of thing, right? There's money going to all different districts, whether they're Democrat and Republican. Oh, absolutely. This is a New Mexican issue. This is not a Republican or Democrat issue. This is this is a chance, uh, and you're exactly right, Chris. It happens in times when we are flush on capital, uh, like we are this year because of predominantly because of oil and gas uh, revenues across the state. Um, and it's, it's the opportunity for legislators to take capital back to their district for, I mean, it comes for roads, police cars, little league, 4-H, FFA, high school gymnasium roofs, uh, school roofs. I mean, it, it, it covers a wide variety of stuff, but it's all stuff that is really in in need in, in their district. So, um, is it pork in the sense of it being extra? Yes, it is. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's stuff that those districts, many of them who don't have industries to rely on really need the extra boost of HB2 junior money. So I wanted to ask you specifically about your district. You represent the southeast part of the state. What are some of the projects in your district that benefit from this junior budget bill? Well, in my district, um, if my memory is correct, I spent a big portion of it on schools, the New Mexico State Ag Farm, which is a research and development uh, facility, and uh, roads and infrastructure. That's what mine went for. When you think about the money that is going into them, uh, what would it be to miss that money? Well, it would just mean a lot of it doesn't happen. And I know specifically there were legislators that had senior citizens facilities built. There's money that went for Head Start programs or was money that was provided for meals uh, for seniors. So, I mean, to be real honest, in many districts, this is critical and it might be viewed by some as being extra, but to many New Mexicans, it's absolutely vital for their communities to be able to serve their constituents. And I mean, I think it was very apparent when you see Republicans and Democrats very quickly come together and say, time out, governor, that's not fair. That's not right. And we're going to come together and override you. That tells you that it's a New Mexican thing and not a Republican and Democrat thing. That is obviously one part of the special session, the junior budget bill. We expect to see it come back and pretty much probably sail through like it did in the regular session. The other part of this is are these proposed gas tax rebates, so to speak, or, or really I should just say gas price rebate. We've heard some of the reports out there about the proposals between say 300 and 350 for individual taxpayers. No income threshold has been floated out there as a possible thing up to $700 for joint filing couples. Uh, what is your feeling on these types of rebates? Are, are you glad to see them come forward? 
forward or do you disagree with these proposals? Quite frankly, I think more tax dollars ought to go back to New Mexicans. Um, I think we have to be real careful when we put these caps of 75 and 150 or whatever it is, because you got to remember there's a significant portion of our population that doesn't file tax returns because their income levels are so low. And then those people are disproportionately hurt with the higher prices of of gas and fuel prices. So I want to make sure that everyone receives one high end, low end, New Mexicans deserve to have a larger portion of their tax returned to them because uh, that's their money. So what would your proposal be? Should we be looking at something maybe more broader than these one-time rebates? Or is, is this genuine economic support that people need, in your opinion? I've been thinking about that. And, and I think we're at a point in New Mexico where we ought to think about returning a significant portion of this severance tax money back to New Mexicans like many other energy producing states like Alaska, for example. And if we did that and every person in New Mexico got to benefit from oil and gas production and they actually got a check in their account because of it, I think people would become more educated about what the value of it is and what it's, what's good for them. And uh, so I'm, I'm a big proponent of putting money back in taxpayers pockets. Can you give me an example of like, what do they do in Alaska that maybe you'd be interested in copying? Yeah. I think right now in Alaska, um, every citizen derives uh, about two grand a year, $2,000 a year that they get a check from the government because of their oil and gas production. And we could do the same thing. I mean, we are doing the same. We've already had one tax rebate in the regular session here. We're coming back with another one. Really what we ought to do is we ought to put the power of the purse back with the people and let every person in New Mexico, enjoy the benefits of the God-given benefits of, of the royalties that we have and the reserves that we have. We do know that the Republicans are in the minority in both chambers there of the roundhouse. But do you expect that there would be broad Republican support for what is being floated out there this time? Or maybe give us a forecast of what do you expect to hear on the floor as some of this debate maybe uh, lays out over Tuesday? We have not yet seen a proposed bill. We haven't seen any proposed legislation. So my commentary is in the dark uh, as to what's being proposed. But I would tell you that if the money goes back to all New Mexicans and it is broad and and um and without thresholds, it will be widely supported. But I have to tell you, you know, this is a homegrown problem. Um, The leadership is responsible for a lot of this problem. And and so I um, I think they are trying to dig themselves out of a of a crunch. Here we are going into an election cycle. Um, I know the governor's calling people saying, uh, you know, I need your help. Um, and they're saying, governor, you haven't been very good for our small businesses. You haven't been good for our schools. I mean, we're, we're last in almost everything. So she's trying to turn the tides and, and any political figure in that position who had, uh, 
had the kind of numbers that she does right now. I think any any political figure would be doing the same thing, but you can't ignore the fact that that's what's happening. So what would you say to people who think this is a midterm election move? How do you feel about it? You have to just back up and look at the whole picture. You know, it wasn't just a few weeks ago that the governor was proposing a 30 to 50 cent gas tax that was called the clean fuels bill, clean fuel standard. And now just a a few days later, we're wanting to rebate so why the swing in, 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 in opinion, I mean, of what's right from the Mexicans? And I think you have to come to grips with the fact that you have a primary election in June. They're proposing the first rebate in May and the general elections in November. And the second part of this comes out in October. I mean, voila, it doesn't take it's not rocket science to figure out uh, what the implications are. One last question I had for you. We have, again, heard the proposals, but as you pointed out, uh, there has been not a proposal at least fleshed out, put in front of uh, lawmakers here yet, but we've heard the talk surrounding, let's just say the the individuals receiving 300 to maybe 350, uh, and then also joint filing couples receiving about 700. Do you think that's enough or should it be more or less? It's my understanding today that that, amount leaves reserves at about 30% and 30% of our budget is north of two and a half billion dollars. I'm of the opinion that 30% sounds like a lot, but when you are depending upon one revenue stream, typically oil and gas being such a significant part, you have to raise, you, you know, you need more cushion, you need more reserves. So I don't think we have too much, um, I would be of the opinion, as I told you, that we ought to set a process up to where we turn more tax dollars back to the citizens and keep less of it. I mean, legislators, being very frank, never saw a dollar they didn't want to spend. And, and that's just, I mean, Republicans and Democrats alike, that's the way it is. And I think we need to back out of that. We need to return more dollars back to the individuals. And you have to remember that this problem is caused by pressure that this administration and the Biden administration has put on an industry. And then when you when you have that pressure applied to the industry and then you have a a problem, a worldwide problem like we're going through in Ukraine right now, it just exacerbates a problem and you say quite a spike that comes up in prices. But you can't blame it on Ukraine totally because if you look from the time the governor came into office to Ukraine, you saw an increase in prices straight across. So, and that has been because we have depressed production in, in New Mexico, and it has been harmful to New Mexicans in rural New Mexico. Rural people in New Mexico are hurt especially hard in higher fuel prices because they drive farther to the grocery store, farther to work, farther to the doctor. And, and then on the other, on the flip side of that, low income people are really hurt hard because it's a disproportionate higher percentage of their their living wage and and that's troublesome 
Well, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate your insight and thanks for taking the time. Good luck with this special session. Oh, we'll, we'll do well. I have no, I have no doubt about it. And thank you both very much. interviews and with less than 24 hours to the start of the session on monday afternoon democratic leaders in the house and senate and the governor revealed their proposal for cash rebates which the governor now says are aimed at quote helping offset the high price of gas groceries and goods the rebates proposed would include $1,000 for joint filers and $500 for single filers. Those rebates would also go out in two rounds. So for a single filer, that would be $250 in the spring and another $250 in the fall. Here's House Majority Floor Leader Javier Martinez of Albuquerque. Uh, Too many families are having to make a choice between putting groceries on the table and paying for a full tank of gas to take their kid to Little League practice, to take their kid to a doctor's appointment, etc. Uh, That is simply not something that we are willing to stand and, and just watch happen. The proposal so far doesn't include an income limit, meaning those rebates would go to everyone. But again, lawmakers will still have to debate and vote on that proposal this morning. Their work starts at 9 a.m. It was mentioned a couple times this episode, but we want to make it clear, whatever gas tax rebates that New Mexico lawmakers pass today, those are going to be in addition to a tax rebate that is already slated to hit many New Mexicans' bank accounts very soon. In the last hours of the regular legislative session, lawmakers squeezed in a provision to give $250 cash payments to New Mexican taxpayers making less than $75,000 a year who filed individually. There's also a $500 cash payment or tax rebate that will go to heads of households who filed jointly and make less than $150,000 in adjusted gross income. Those tax rebates, which again already passed, they're set to go out from the state in July. So keep an eye out for that. For the latest coverage on the special session today, get over to krqe.com. We'll have updated coverage throughout the day with our reporters. Also, the session, again, it is not expected to last past Tuesday night. Thanks for joining us this week. We're back again next Tuesday. Also, Chris wanted to mention today marks six months officially of the New Mexico News Podcast. We want to thank you all for sticking with us and subscribing to the show. Please share it with a friend. Give us a review. And in the meantime, you can reach us with any ideas, email me at gabrielle.burkhart at krqe.com or gburknm on Twitter. Also, I'm at chris.mckee at krqe.com through email and on Twitter at chrismckee.tv. Thanks again for listening. Happy six months. Happy six months.